a company previously only known for a crazy party with palm readings and something called moon oil mining, has finally been formally revealed. Good evening, I'm Bailey Reitzel, and this is Late Confirmation from Coindesk. Here are the top headlines for August 2nd. A new Bitcoin mining calculator aims to tell the truth about profitability. We'll look at the new product from Random Crypto. And the SEC subpoenas another firm following a claimed blockchain pivot. You may want a tall glass of iced tea for this story. And lastly, we'll speak with Coindesk's Peter Ryan about what key performance indicators can tell us about the relative strengths of Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. Never any conflicts there. But first, a word from our sponsor, Saeed Business School, University of Oxford. Master financial technology online with the 10-week Oxford FinTech program. Interacting with an international cohort of business leaders and over 60 guest experts, you'll gain a practical introduction to key financial technologies and their business applications. Find out more at OxfordExecFinTech.com. A long secret cryptocurrency project whose investor deck once touted Burning Man as central to its anti-capitalist ethos has finally arrived. Released Thursday, the project known as Handshake has raised $10.2 million in an attempt to replace the digital entities that today authenticate web payments. And in the process, they'll be rewarding those who built the essential infrastructure for the internet itself. And it's backed by top venture capitalists and some of the most well-known blockchain developers to boot. According to its leaders, Handshake's goal is to ensure a recreation of the web, but without a shakeup in its stakeholders. To that end, the project intends to give its tokens to users of websites like GitHub, the P2P Foundation, and Freenode, a chat channel for peer-to-peer projects. And it may actually have the funds to do so. The project is spearheaded by Joseph Poon, the creator of Bitcoin's Lightning Network, and it's backed by investors including A16Z and the Founders Fund. Handshake promises to be a big story in the weeks to come, and we'll have more on those details on Coindesk.com. Next up, a new Bitcoin mining calculator shows that most popular mining rigs are not profitable. The new calculator, created by Josh Metnick through his company Random Crypto, displays that most popular rigs, including Bitmain's flagship S9 and GMO's new 7NMB2, will not turn a profit. Online calculators let users input variables like the cost of electricity and hardware, then output how much revenue these variables should lead to, based on the value of Bitcoin at the time. One key thing these calculators do not include is Bitcoin's programmed-in difficulty metric. The higher the difficulty, the more power it takes to solve the puzzles required to mine Bitcoin. So far, difficulty has grown exponentially with time. Whether that trend will continue remains to be seen, but Metnik is confident that his models show that small-scale miners are wasting their time. And lastly, Long Blockchain, the company that saw its stock price briefly surge after changing its name from Long Island Ice Tea, has been subpoenaed by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. That's according to an 8K form submitted by the company on July 26th. The subpoena came on July 10th, four months after the firm was delisted from the NASDAQ stock exchange and as a result saw a drop in the value of its stock. 
Long Blockchain warned back in February that it was facing the risk of being dislisted since the SEC said they believed the company, quote, made a series of public statements designed to mislead investors and to take advantage of general investor interest in Bitcoin and blockchain technology. The firm did not disclose details of the documents being sought by the regulator, but you can read more about it at Coindesk.com. And in a moment, we'll hear more about key performance indicators of BCH versus BTC from Coindesk Peter Ryan. But first, the most influential conference in crypto comes to Asia this fall. Coindesk's Consensus Conference takes over Singapore on September 19th and 20th. Join more than 75 speakers and 50 sponsors for two days of powerful insights, industry announcements, and cross-industry networking opportunities. It's all happening in Singapore, and that's on September 19th and 20th. Register today at coindesk.com events. And now, let's dig into BCH and BTC and how to evaluate their relative strengths. Here with us today is Peter Ryan, the research analyst at Coindesk. So tell us what you found, Peter. Sure. So Bitcoin Cash, for those that don't know, is a forked project or off of the original Bitcoin blockchain. Um, forks are an interesting experiment for those that are not wanting to go along with uh, the dominant software upgrades. And so last year, they jettisoned off into their own uh, camp. And so ultimately, to judge the success of this fork, it's best to then look at the dominant Bitcoin blockchain and compare the key performance indicators against the dominant Bitcoin blockchain. So when we look at that, we define our KPIs, key performance indicators, as transaction volume on chain, transaction count on chain, exchange volume that's occurring um, on all the exchanges around the world, price and average fees. And so what we generally see is that there's a range of about 10 to 20 percent across all these metrics uh, to that of Bitcoin. Uh, One of the key highlights is that in the first half of the year, we see exchange activity uh, very vibrant uh, in some days reaching thresholds above Bitcoin. And what we can ascertain from that is people were thinking, is this project going to really take off? Maybe there's some criticism around um, you know, Bitcoin proper in, in what they were doing and trying to see if the Bitcoin cash people were right. Uh, this could also be seen of just uh, people that do not have any allegiance to Bitcoin cash uh, waiting for the price to rise just a little bit, selling and getting out of their position. So we can look at the first half of the year where we see exchange activity uh, around 50, 70, 80, over 100 percent to that of Bitcoin as really time for speculation and people to get out of their positions. Right after December, we see uh, that dissipate. Exchange volume drops to about that 10 to 20% range. When we look across other metrics like transaction volume on chain, really stays in that 10 to 20%, not much. However, when we look at on-chain transaction counts, we see that in this past month of July, Uh, Actually, they're going up to that 30, 40, 50 percent to that of Bitcoin. And so what we can ascertain possibly from this is that a lot of work on developing apps and product services uh, that facilitate more of the microtransactions that are facilitated by lower fees 
um, you know, there may be gaining ground. You may be seeing some of that. It could also be stress testing that's going on. But it's it's very interesting to see that uptick in growth apart from uh, those lower metrics. And yeah, and ultimately to just finish off on the price, when we look at that, that's been the one that deviates uh, the least at around 12% on average. And what we can find is that compared to the other KPIs we're looking at, um, it looks like it's not being overpriced and compared to Bitcoin, it's not being underpriced and that the market is actually pricing Bitcoin cash correctly. Interesting. Yeah, that's very fascinating. Um, so you also looked at um, the amount or you, you talked to a couple people who had said that the Bitcoin cash blocks are not being filled to that 32 megabyte range. Um, so I find that really interesting. We had talked about how maybe that means that Bitcoin cash, you know, quote unquote, failed because there's not that demand for bigger blocks. Um, you know, what what did some of the people say when you when you brought that up to them? Sure. Yeah, we looked around and, uh, you know, one personality on Twitter, Brennan Bernstein, the founding partner of Tetris Capital, uh, he put forth an analysis that suggested only 1,400 out of uh, 6,200 BCH blocks or about 2.2% have been over one megabyte. And so when looking at this, the rallying cry from the BCH camp was that, you know, we're going to fork off so we can have bigger blocks so we can then embrace the demand. Uh, and unfortunately, when looking at this year in review, uh, we see that the demand just wasn't there for the big blocks. So mm-hmm. uh, it's not just enough to have the big blocks, but you also need uh, the utilization of those. And Bernstein went on to say uh, to Coindesk, you know, forks are interesting in that they allow uh, relatively controlled experimentation. The BCH fork presents an opportunity to test between layer one scaling through block size increases and layer two scaling through Lightning Network with BTC. After a year, it looks like the market would prefer to prioritize Bitcoins. Yeah. I mean, there there is a lot of development being done on Bitcoin Cash. So our tech reporter, Alyssa Hertig, just wrote up a piece about the different apps that are coming out. Um, were you able to sort of glean some of that data as well? Um, you had mentioned that some of these microtransactions that Bitcoin Cash was you know, touted as being better for could be the reason for that uptick at the end of this year. Yeah. So um, what we've seen is that there there is a creative activity going on within the app community. It seems like there's a lot of consumer-facing apps that are getting developed within Bitcoin Cash. Uh, we spoke to one, Cointex, which allows users to send and receive BCH through text messages, uh, their CTO, Vin Armani. He said, when high fees and slow confirmation times began plaguing BTC, I shelved Bitcoin projects that I had been working on steadily for years. I know I wasn't alone in walking through 2017 feeling discouraged. In the past year, Bitcoin Cash has brought hope and creative exploration back to Bitcoin. And also, we talked to um, the Bitcoin Cash Fund, which is, um, you know, sort of a nonprofit institution trying to like spur uh, community growth from the developer and the user side. Uh, You know, they told us that there's now about 101 meetups in 40 different countries around the world, totaling about 12,000 members. So, and we've seen a steady growth over the years. So what we can see is that maybe there's not, 
you know, clear-cut signs of success, but the seeds of growth are are starting to get there. And if these offline meetups, uh, you know, help answer questions, help bring people in that then go out and build or they get merchants to adopt, they also told us that um, there's about 716 merchants out there that do accept Bitcoin Cash. For comparative purposes, another uh, community curated, you know, listing site CoinMap suggests that there's over 13,000 merchants that accept okay. BTC. Um, yeah, so ultimately, there's definitely there's definitely um, a lot of early signs of potential growth, but not any clear cut. Gotcha. And then another piece of uh, another part of the survey that you did um, or the research that you gathered um, was looking at development and social media activity for BTC compared to BCH. What did you find there? Yeah. So what we found was that generally the development activity um, is not is not definitely not as high as Bitcoin proper. Uh, however, where Bitcoin Cash really stands out is its small but very engaged community. And we see a lot of that emanating within the subreddit RBTC. Um, it has you know, some of the most engaged users when you look at uh, the total amount to the active uh, users, to the number of posts and comments that are um, you know, getting written on that forum. And so what we can see is there's a lot of discussion going on. There's a lot of feedback going through these channels. Another example of this would be um, the commandeering of the at Bitcoin Twitter handle, which has over 800,000 followers. And so uh, from this standpoint, Bitcoin Cash is definitely having um, an influence that goes above their weight class in terms of the social chatter that is out there. Yeah, I don't think anybody would disagree with you there. Well, thanks so much, Peter Ryan. um, And we'll be back shortly. Late Confirmation is brought to you by the Saeed Business School at Oxford University, where you can now study fintech entirely online. The 10-week program gives you the tools you need to build the future of transactions and commerce. You'll explore emerging technologies that will disrupt marketplaces and financial services and examine the state of the industry and plan disruptive intra- and entrepreneurial interventions. Throughout the program, you'll be exposed to key ideas, principles, and frameworks from CEOs of leading startups, corporate leaders, and institutional leaders at the forefront of research in the space of future commerce and transactions. Find out more at OxfordExecFintech.com. For more on today's stories, check out Coindesk.com, where you can also subscribe to our newsletters. And of course, you can get updates all day on Twitter at Coindesk. And if you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast, because it really helps drive awareness of the show. For Coindesk, I'm Bailey Reitzel, and this has been Late Confirmation. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.